up on the pod, Joe Rogan gets COVID, racist Facebook AI, boat plane hybrid, and the movie we are reviewing today, Mission Impossible 2. Yeah, let's fucking rage! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Found it eventually. Look no further than these dudes. You got real buzz route on the mic. You got cannabis keen and he's alright. Caitlin is giving all she can give and Calvin doesn't even know where he is. This is real buzz takes with the real buzz crew. Welcome to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. Today, we are the Real Buzz 2. I'm Real Buzz Rob. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. And to my left, we have Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Cannibal, a.k.a. Cannabis Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Barbarian, Keenan Robertson. These guys are trained to be ghosts. We taught them to do it, for Christ's sake. It's Kittredge. Kittredge? Kittredge from MI1. Okay, yeah, that, I, that sounded familiar to me. Both, 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 uh, both, both drops were Kittredge from, uh, from MI1, so I couldn't find any good MI2 drops. Yeah. Other than, obviously, they were like, well, you want the song? We'll play the theme. I'm like, no, it's a little it, long. All the drops for MI2 probably would have been like an extra four to five seconds longer because slow motion. the whole movie's in slow motion, yep. pretty much. I mean, that, there's a reason this movie went two hours and four minutes, and it wasn't because it needed to. No, I, if you slow down, I texted you this, if you, if you keep... Keep two of the scenes in slow motion. That's fine, John. Will I'll give you two, but just give the. You don't even have to cut the other scenes. Put them in normal speed, and this movie say you shave off five minutes mm. easily. Um, but anyway, when I I had to learn that for my uh, spy classes. Romania, That's not true. I learned it for the pod. Uh, how's your week, Keenan? Anything interesting of note happen? It's been a weird week. Uh, well, weekend, I guess. Holiday weekend. We're back. Well, I guess we're doing this on a Monday. It feels like a Sunday. Uh, it does feel like a Sunday. Yeah. I agree. I, uh, I've i been drinking like it's a Sunday. Have you? Yes. See, I, I haven't drank yet. Oh, I should. I forgot to. Let me crack this. You're, yeah, you twisted tea. Yeah. There we go. All right. Uh, anyway, so I, I dog sat for a buddy of mine over the weekend, and... I've dog said they've got a seven-year-old Maltese. I, of course, I've got Pumbaa, who's a two-year-old yep. Jack Russell pug. Uh, but a then, jug. Then uh, this couple, my buddy, they got a, it's Cole and his wife, they got a three-month-old Scorky Terrier. Scorky. It's like a, it's like a so Scottish a Terrier. Yorkie. Yorkie Okay. Okay. I think Scorky. they said Scorky. How big? Uh, right now, she's only three months old, so she's pretty small. Like and five pounds? I think she'll be... Between the size, uh, smaller than Pumbaa, but bigger than their Maltese, okay. is my guess. Okay. Probably, yeah, probably 18-ish pounds. No, no, okay. That's, yeah, that's... I based this on nothing. But anyway, so I, I worked the overnight shift, too, at my job on Saturday night, so I didn't sleep. And It's always wild. Then when I was trying to sleep, it was like the middle of the day or the morning, so all the dogs are used to being up by then, yep. so... Uh, kind of running on fumes here a little bit, but you I know, I completely understand that it was a good day to watch Miss Mission Impossible 2 this morning. And I don't know if it's the lack of sleep or what. I mean, I've seen this movie a thousand times, yep. but I had a great time with it. I today, forgot so. a bunch of things about this film that I that when upon rewatching, I discovered once again and was very happy with. Yeah, this is one of those movies that. I always kind of talk shit on it. I'm like, it's not a good movie, but then I watch it, and every single time, I'm like, I fucking yeah, this movie. I, I enjoy fun. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I went on a date this week with a, Ooh. um, with, 
I believe it was a hinge date. And hopefully she won't listen to this. I have a good feeling she probably won't be listening. So we'll we'll call her uh, we'll call her Annie. <laughs> I guess uh, that's how the date went then, huh? Well, no. the The funny thing is, it actually started off really well. The, we hung out for a, what a, turned out to be six hours. Oh, nice. Yeah, the first three were great. Last three um, were a little hinky. So the first three were good. She's very nice, very lovely girl. Uh, was this on like a Friday or a Saturday night? Yes, okay. it was Friday. Okay, you might uh, have said that, sorry. And, no, I didn't. And then um, we went to a nice restaurant, and she had a, a few white wines and Uh-oh. was fine. And then uh, we go to a second place. Once that Savion Blanc kicked in. Yep, the Savignon Blanc. Yes, um, so savaging. We went, savaging. No, we went to a second place, and I went to the restroom. I came back. Do a little bump of cocaine. Uh, of course, always. No, I hadn't. Just kidding. Um, and I sat down next to her, and she said, oh, so I walked by the bathroom, and I heard you were talking to your wife on the phone about a dog, and I think this is a joke. And I say, oh, that's no, it's funny. No, I, I, I don't have a wife. I'm divorced. And she's like, no, no, no. I distinctly heard your voice. You were on the phone in the bathroom. She was intoxicated at this point. And she's like, I heard you talking to your wife about what breed of dog might be good for you guys. And I was like, you heard someone have that conversation. It most certainly wasn't me. The one piece of evidence I will give, uh, Exhibit A, my phone was at the table while I was gone. Oh, shit, man. And she then was like, okay, well, then show me your call log. Are you fucking serious I'm, on a first date? I'm fucking serious. This and, is the first. And I am now in a place where I'm like, I would be happy to show you whatever you'd like to see. Oh, yeah. Mom. So, God damn oh. it, Mom. Hey, Mom. Hey, Mom, you're on a podcast right now. Can I call you later? Oh, we can't. Hey, Diane, if you can hear me, it's Keenan. Hold on. Here we go. You're on Real Buzz Takes. Mom, can you hear me? Yeah. Baked potato or fried potatoes? Uh, baked. That's a good choice. All right. We'll have baked. Okay. All right. Bye. Wait. Baked <laughs> Uh, Sorry, where was I? Yes. See, see, now everyone knows she sounds nothing like your impersonation of her. Yes, that's true. Lovely lady. Hello, Diane. You can now hear what she actually sounds like. So this this uh, this woman, then I showed her my call log, and and then she could clearly see the last outgoing call I had made was an hour before I'd met up with her. So there's uh, no possible way I could have done this. Mm -hmm. Uh, She then says, "Well, you could have deleted it." Oh my god. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So I called my mother. In the middle of the restaurant <laughs> on a first date, and was like, "Hey, mom, am I divorced? Do I have a wife?" She's like, "No, you're divorced. You don't have a wife." I'm like, "Oh, how long have I been divorced?" She's like, two years." I'm like, "Oh, okay, thanks." She's like, "Why are you asking me this?" I said, "I needed to help a friend understand." Wow. And she's like, "Okay, uh, bye." So this is this is right around hour three that you guys have been together. I guess. No, the- this happens about hour f- four. Okay. And then the next two hours, we still are hanging out. Uh, she's, I mean, very drunk. Because so after you, does this convince her talking to your mom? Uh, I, I think so. I really don't know. There is so much to unpack. Here. I, I really wish don't I was know. Notes. And so I, we, we, I still had, I still spend two hours with this girl. I'm Just hanging out a, with her at, at a different bar or whatever. Yeah, we're at this, uh, yeah, different place. And she then is, you know, she's still, she's had, she's had too much to drink, and she doesn't. So now we get to the end of the date, and she's like, "Well, all right, I'm, I drive her." She had her car the last place. I'm like, hey, I'll tell you what. Why don't I drive you home? Because I think, you know, just just to be safe, you know, you know, just err on the side of caution. Why don't I give you a ride home? She's like, no, no way. I can drive. I'm like, mm, OK, uh, tell you what. Why don't I call you an Uber? There you go. Because that way you don't have to worry about me finding your place and you can, you know, take an Uber home. And she was very adamant that she could drive. 
Okay. And I was, I knew for a fact she could not. Yeah. And I'm in this conundrum now of, well, I, I don't know how much responsibility I bear here or not. I just, so, fuck, man. So I kept, I kept insisting that I would love to give her a free ride home. Uh huh. Call her an Uber. And she would, she would not. She was very resistant to it. So did she drive? She drove. I yeah. could not convince her otherwise, and I, I she made it home okay. I called her to make sure. That's good. Uh, and not good that she drove. I'm no, glad that no. She made and, it home, and then I, you know, I haven't talked to her since. Probably never will again. Yeah. So on a fir- how long had you guys like messaged before you met up? A few days. Just a few days. Yeah. She. I mean, again, I don't want to rag on this girl like she she had too much to drink and maybe i don't want to think like oh that she's some kind yeah, of insane but from this, person from this story it sounds like you went to the restroom yeah and you're at a restaurant i don't know but wait was your table close to the restroom because it sounds like he, after you of. went to the bathroom she decided i'm gonna get up and go well, to the bathroom to hear if he's on the phone no need to need to actually revise part of that she was already in the bathroom, oh, and okay. I was like, it, she was on the phone. She was talking to someone, and she texted me, hey, I'm on the phone, sorry. And so I said, okay, this is a good time to go to the bathroom. Left my phone, my um, my keys, and my sunglasses on the table just so in case she came out before me, she knew like I wasn't, I hadn't left. Right. And that's when uh, I came back, and, and then she, that's when she allegedly heard me talking to did my, you hear this uh, conversation no i have no idea I didn't you were even, in the men's room i know so. and i don't know what i don't know what she heard i i don't know oh man i, I wasn't paying attention it, it could have happened but it certainly wasn't me i i would say if we're playing uh soccer that's a red card or yeah, a red flag it is but that being said though uh she was a very nice girl uh-huh. very sweet uh i don't think i don't think you Hey, if she wants to be a listener, we should be overly pod. judgmental about yeah, her no, because her she had too much to drink. I think she's a lovely girl, and I think she's she probably has some stuff in her past that triggers this kind of um, you know su- suspicion. She can be a real buzzard if she wants to, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. But I'm sure she she'll never. We don't hear need to this, date her, you know. No, no, and that's fine. She'll find a nice guy who she yeah. feels comfortable with. It just was not me, and that's fine. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the news from the headlines. It sounds like we got a crazy weekend store. We do. The news. Joe Rogan test positive for COVID nineteen earlier this week. Joe Rogan tested positive for COVID nineteen. Uh, said <laughs> Not to laugh at that. No, Not no. to laughing at his diagnosis. But I just yeah, repeated yeah. myself. Uh, says he's treating it with ivermectin, which is a horse dewormer. That oh. is, it's uh, kind of like one of those Alex Jones approved kind of uh, treatments for COVID nineteen. Scientifically, it's been proven it absolutely has no effect on on curing COVID or having any positive effect. To treating COVID. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rogan also added that he'd been treating himself with monoclonal antibodies, antibiotics, prednisone, and um, an NAD intravenous drip of vitamins. I don't know what that means. That's a whole lot of shit. It's interesting to me that Joe Rogan is, is will not take an FDA-approved vaccine. He's against that, which is his right to be. Mm-hmm. But he's going to go jump in on a horse dewormer. That's been medically proven to not help COVID. That's not FDA approved, but he'll put that in his body. I just don't get it. Yeah. Explain, make it make sense to me. Here's the thing. I ultimately at my core, I'm a hypochondriac, right? Yeah. Uh, And I'm a bit of a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist truly, but you know, I've got some of that. I uh, I love a good conspiracy. Yeah. I'm into them. And you know, I, 
But I don't think that the the hypochondriac in me, weighing the option of the conspiracy theorists in me, you know, is this vaccine going to ultimately plant a bug in me so the government can track where I am? I'm already doing that with my cell phone anyway. My PlayStation. I've got a I've got a fucking camera in my house that's watching me all the time. Yeah, man. It's, you know, so Ultimately, I, and I do believe that the coronavirus is a real thing, contrary yeah. to some conspiratorial belief. beliefs. Yeah. yeah. So at the bottom or at the end of the day, I would rather t- take this vaccine and so far so good yep. rather than take anything that's a horse medicine. Well, and that includes ketamine, should, which some people take for fun. That's I guess. a horse tranquilizer. You, horse tranquilizer. Hey man, I've gotten down a few K-holes in my life and they have been crazy. You can't give horse tranquilizer to a midget. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and Bruges. Should also be mentioned that as of this week, poison control calls have surged by 245% due to ivermectin overdoses. Well, he's got a big fucking fan base. Right, which is why, I again, the he's not a dumb guy. I listen to his, he's a very intelligent guy. Yeah. A very smart guy, is a great interviewer. I don't understand where he doesn't put two and two together logically here that, oh, you, you know what? There haven't been poison control calls for the fucking vaccine. Right. Okay? And it's not like one or two people have taken this thing, man. I've had it for nine, six or seven months. It sounds like I'm about to fucking get another little boost of it, too. Well, that's the thing. The reason why we have to have boosters is because people are wary to get the vaccination, which causes variants, which right. requires boosters. So it's just it's an, it's becoming an infuriating argument to have with people where they're like, well, I don't want to. It's like, well, why? Like, well, it's not FDA approved. Well, it is now. Well, it's the government says, I don't want to do it. Okay, just put aside your hateful feelings for the government telling you what to do for two seconds and think about how it's going to help everyone else around you. Just the sense of, the lack of sense of community and the responsibility of protecting other people by doing this shit baffles the fuck out of me. I'll get yeah. off my high horse. No, I mean, it's a good high horse to be on. I, I don't typically get too fired up about things politically these days or anything like that but this, this shouldn't be a political thing this right. is a fucking like it's not even a civic duty thing i don't know i guess it is a civic duty but for me it's personal responsibility and like i said i'm a hypochondriac to my core so yep. fuck if i have a chance at getting this vaccine that i don't even know what the conspiracy theorists say that it's doing uh no there's the nothing they, they're saying that they we don't need one why it's not even right, that they, they think it's the bad they, they just think the virus isn't affecting people and we don't need to do it and every single piece of hard scientific evidence completely dispels those theories right but welcome to the internet age to where people just don't give a shit. No, no, and it's the Fox News age and stuff. Well, and the the ironic part of this whole politiza- politicization, that's a tough word to say, of the virus and of the vaccine is that Trump is responsible for the creation of the vaccine. And so you'd be like, hey, yeah. Trump's got give him credit. Trump got uh, Operation Warp Speed going. He got the vaccine done. It was good. We got one done. And then we're like, what are you going to take it? No. Well, he also got COVID, denied COVID being a big deal, then got it, and then came out and was like, ah, no big deal. To Trump, well, you're the fucking president of the United States. You have access to better health care than the best health care available yeah, in the world. Anyone and else in the world. To give Trump credit, which I normally never do, he did say at his Alabama, his most recent Alabama rally, that he said, hey, go get vaccinated. It's good. You should do it. I want you to get vaccinated. And he got booed for it. Oh, damn. I didn't hear that. Well, yeah, I. <laughs> Reluctant to say this, but good on you, Donald. No, I was yeah. when I heard. It, I'm like, thank you, dude. Th- that's yeah. I, I know we. I 
dislike 99.999% of Donald Trump, but that was that might have been the greatest thing he's done in his presidency. Yeah. It's finally come out and say, hey, I got the vaccine. Get the vaccine. It's great. Like, you care about your rights. I care about your rights, too. But get the vaccine. The vaccine's great. And he got booed. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And the whole thing with people being afraid that the government's going to force you to get a vaccine, it's like, well, they've already kind of left it up to you. And we have the Delta variant. Yep. And Gamma's coming down the pipe. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I... I I might have dreamed that, dreamt this. I don't know. I spent the last 48 hours kind of awake the whole time. But I feel like I saw something where people looked up like previous times in United States history where vaccines were mandated. Yep. Pretty sure like polio vaccine was mandated. It was. Uh, shit like that. So it, it's not even unprecedented to have a mandated vaccine. So I I don't know. No, it's it's just been politicized. That's all. And yeah. in, in this... Uh, current political climate it's you if something is not on your side you vehemently disagree with it even if you don't right it's just that that's just the way it shit is now yeah well and i you know i hope joe rogan recovers i hope he's oh no fine. sorry i mean yeah. he's he's fully recovered now he's oh, doing he's well already, happy okay. to hear well, yeah good for him he's yeah. uh he's said as of today from to die from it no of course not no know. as of today he said he was uh testing negative and back to being 100 percent happy to hear that yeah Keep making good podcasts, Joe. Just get a vaccine, bro. Yeah. Don't spread misinformation and have people de- take horse dewormers. Ivermectin. Ugh. All right. Never matter. Moving on to racist Facebook AI. Facebook issued an official apology on behalf of its artificial intelligence software that asked users watching a video featuring black men if they wanted to see more, quote, videos about primates. What? So, yes, the basically... Facebook developed this AI, and the AI somehow, based on what people were watching, uh, it created this prompt to say, if you were you were watching this specific video of this black man doing something, and it suggested, would you like to see more videos of primates? <laughs> and people noticed this, and were like, hey, that's probably kind of fucked yeah, up. Yeah, this seems kind of racist. That doesn't seem good. Uh, the social media giant has since disabled the topic recommendation feature and says it's investigating the cause of the error, but the video had been online for more than a year already. So it's oh, just, damn. Yeah. And people, oh, man. Yeah. It's uh, the Not video. Good look, Facebook. The video uh, documented an encounter between a white man and a group of black men who were celebrating a birthday. The clip features a white man allegedly calling 911 to report that he is being harassed by a bunch of black men. Quote before cutting to an unrelated video that showed police officers arresting a black tenant at his home. So this is kind of the problem. It's the content of the video and then the suggestion based on the content. It's uh, very problematic. Yeah. Yeah. But this is not the first time this has happened. Back in 2015, Google's image recognition software classified photos of black people as gorillas. Jesus. And Google apologized and removed the labels of gorilla, chimp, chimpanzee, and monkey from those specific classified photos so fuck man yeah that's uh, again i how how artificial intelligence is shit that work i guess it just shows that humanity is racist to its core because how are computers being racist as fuck because we created ai so our imprint is on ai It, it it might develop to be uh more intelligent and sufficient than we are but it still uh, has our imprint on it. So I that's think that fuck. just comes from humanity being, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it not, not to, you know, it, I just thought it was an interesting story that even AI is like, well, you know, it, because AI, it's not sentient. It doesn't know what racism is. Right. It doesn't have the ability to be racist. It's just whatever ideas we am, 
imprinted on the AI when we created it has now developed this whole algorithm and these suggestions. That's fucked up. Pretty wild. Yeah. It is pretty wild. Uh, all right, moving on to... Very excited about this. A boat plane hybrid has been developed. A company, the company Regent, has developed a boat plane hybrid craft called the Sea Glider. Ooh. It's very cool. It's an electric transport plane that can do 180 miles per hour or around six times the speed of a ferry. Okay. With double the range of the electric aircraft, but with half the manufacturing costs. Experts are predicting that this will revolutionize travel and re revolutionize travel in regards to short flights and ferries, i.e., LA, San Francisco, Boston, and New York to DC, etc. KC to St. Louis. Well, I mean, there's not a body of water, so the Missouri River. Okay. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. 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 Fuck it. Uh, but that's it. That, that's interesting. I saw a picture of it. It looks fantastic. Yeah, be interesting. I I hadn't heard about this. Google the Sea Glider. Regent Sea Glider. It looks really fucking cool. How many people does it hold? Oh, I should I should have looked that up. I don't know. I I would imagine at least a hundred. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's you know, like pretty a, sweet. Fairy size capacity. So it starts in the water and then it flies uh -huh. up and then lands. Yeah, it in doesn't the water. require a runway. Ah, no runway nifty. required. So it, it launches from the water and then can fly uh, against electric. So you're not you don't have to worry about fuel. Yeah. And yeah, it can, can fly short distances. They could somehow make it hydro powered. So that way, whenever you run out of water, you just crash land back into a you know, and body they, of they water. And get more hydro. Yeah, you crash yeah. land with quotes. Yeah. Get more hydro, bro. Hydro. Oh, uh, well, I mean, that means something different to people addicted That's to heroin. That's hydroponics, man. Oh, I was thinking hydros, like hydrocodines. Oh, well, cannabis keenan over here. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Hydro, man. All right. Now let's move on. What was that? That was one of the TikToks I'm watching. Okay, right. I, it's like, uh, are we doing a giveaway? Whenever you hear the jackhammer sound, you you win a free month of yeah, real buzz takes. Just every time you hear jackhammering, yeah, call one eight hundred real buzz takes. Yeah, see who answers. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, right let, yeah, let us know. <laughs> uh, all right, so here's a a couple of TikToks that I uh, procured throughout the week that I thought might be interesting and fun to share. Interesting so, and fun. So this one, I this is something that Wait, I follow. Hold on, hold on. Oh, go ahead. Before, because we tried this last week. We got to keep at it. But what were we saying? Rob's TikToking. Oh, yeah. TikTok around the clock. TikTok around the clock with Rob. No, I like it. That's good. That's All good. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. One, two, three, four. How many TikToks? Rob's <laughs> going to show us his TikToks. TikTok around the clock tonight. I missed one. Thanks. Anyway, we'll work on it. Thanks, Ron Howard. Thank you. Uh, this So this is something I've been following for a while. There's a man, I believe he lives in China. Can't be completely sure about that. It's it's an Asian country. And he basically, Hans Zimmer's, uh, he, he writes a, a complete soundtrack for dogs, like howling. So it's like they're singing. I'll, I'll show you. So he he arranges. I'm, in, I'm intrigued. Yeah, so there's, there's a dog howling and he arranges music to it to make it seem like the dog is singing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is very cool. So this is one of them. So uh, he has he does this for all sorts of different dogs on TikTok. They're mostly huskies. Okay, they're they're singer dogs. And the set the, the other one I have is really funny because this is caught on one of those ring cams. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So like a doorbell camera, and this is an altercation between his son and his mother, and it's very funny. 
Mom, you're never gonna see me again! You never want to spend time with me! Have some wine. <laughs> there's there's uh, 25% of me that thinks that's staged, but it's still very funny. Yeah, I my gut instinct during the middle of that was this has to be staged. But And that's usually one of my deal breakers for liking a TikTok. I yeah. don't like staged TikToks. They bother the shit out of me. I like the genuine ones. But yeah. that, one, that one, it's on the line and I'm okay with it. Even if it is staged, it's actually well acted enough to where it's not, as the kids say, cringe. It's not cringe. Yeah. There's a lot of cringe TikToks. Is that is that it? Cringe talks. Yep. No, that's it. I only had two today. All right. Well, that's been TikTok around the clock. All with right. Rob. Now, on to the movie we are reviewing today, Mission <laughs> Impossible <laughs> 2. <laughs> Release date, 524-2000. Director, John Woo. Before this, John Woo is known for Face Off. After this, John Woo is known for Wind Talkers and Paycheck and a bunch of Asian films that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, uh, we what? I'm sorry, I was waiting to do the the last one. What what movie of his do we do? Uh, Face Off. Face Off. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Most of my John like, Woo iconic action iconic action sequences from my youth that I truly love. Most of them come from Face Off, and one of them comes from this movie. All right, the bike scene. No. Oh, okay. I guess we'll get to we'll it. We'll get there. Okay, I'm All intrigued. Right. Cats. Cast away. Tom Cruise is Ethan Hunt. Duggery Scott is Sean Ambrose. Honorable mention to Tandy Newton is Nia Hall. Ving Rhames is Luther Strickle. Brendan Gleeson is McCloy. Richard Roxburgh as Hugh Stamp. And Anthony Hopkins as Mission Director Guy. Fucking, I wish they would have kept Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. And throughout the series. Would have been great. Does he ever turn in a bad role? No. I well, mean, no, I don't think so. I, I guess it's a little more of a role than a cameo here. He's at the beginning and the end and stuff, but... He has too much time to be a cameo. Yeah. He's, it's, it's a small, small role. role. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he just... Anytime he's on the screen, it's just... He lights it up. Electric. Great chemistry between him and Cruz. Loved it. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's Tom Cruise's M, or at least he could have been. Yeah. And I would have loved it. Of course it's going to be hard. If it was going to be easy, they'd call it Michigan, Mission Difficult. Not Mission Impossible. He's just—he's so good. He's got for the the small amount of time he's in the film, he's got a, a lot of great one-liners. Yeah. Where he was like, uh, "What does Tom Cruise say?" He's, he's like, like, "She's not trained for this." He's like, that... "She doesn't have training for this." A woman going to bed with a man, she has all the training she needs. Yeah. A woman going to bed with a man and lying, she's got all the training she needs. She's a woman. Mr. She's a woman. She's a woman, Mister. She well, has all the training she needs. Yeah. I wrote. I wrote that line. I down. did too. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's that, Anthony Hopkins just nailed." nailed that nail on the head yeah am i saying that right because well, he's trying to say too he's like he's reminding tom cruise i'm not asking her to do anything she hasn't already done voluntarily i might add because she used to bang sean ambrose uh duggery scott yeah it's a duggery. great name duggery it's like duggery it's like how can we make doug better doug is just too short duggery yeah gotta love the irish or scott no he's scottish he he's 100 percent scott scottish he's a scott yeah well either way duggery all right tom tom Tom, uh, Tom Cringe, Tom, uh, Tom Cruise, Tom. whatever she accused, he ain't really drunk, he just have a fruit bruise. Oh, nice. You remember that? I do, do not. That's uh, from a Kanye song. Oh, it is. Got a house in the hill right next to where TC lives. Yes. That's Tom Cruise. 
Whatever she accused, I already did it. But no, that's very funny. I, I'm tr- uh, having a hard time finding out which record that's from, though. It's, it's from Post Graduation, Dark Twisted okay, Fantasy. Beautiful, okay, yeah. I can't remember which song it is though. So it would have been the Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was the one after 808s. 808s and Heartbreak. Which I, have you listened to Kanye's new record? I haven't. Is it out officially? Yeah, it's officially out. Is it good? It's a gospel record again. Donda. Is it good? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> it's uh, okay. Uh, it's I a. Feel pro- like that's been said about all of his records. No, it's a, a pro- it's a producer's time. record. It, you, you can, there's production elements that are really good that I can appreciate, but as far as from a hip hop perspective, is it good? Not really. Okay. Not particularly. Drake's record also certified lover boy came out pretty disappointing really yeah i heard about their feud where they were like postponing kanye was trying to postpone release dates um and it re- it didn't remind me but i saw something that brought up when kanye did that with 50 cent oh back in the day graduation. but he won that one and i but i specifically remember that was like around the time that i first met you yeah it was and i remember i didn't give a shit about kanye really i loved him at that time and the day that they came out you were like no dude this is huge this is huge they're beefing and i'm pretty sure you bought them both on the same day i did yeah. i bought them both i bought curtis and graduation on the yeah. same day and graduation was a generational hip-hop record and curtis was garbage yeah i think we drove around and smoked camel wides and listened to it yep that, that sounds afternoon. right yeah, that sounds, sounds right. about right huh all right so tom cruise uh we're gonna do five fun facts because we've already gone over his uh film credits on prior podcasts yes here's what i found interesting he has 51 credits would have thought there were more because uh, just because he's the fucking man and everything week, that he's in who do, who do we do who had 140 bruce willis bruce willis at 141 Fucking yeah. credits. Tom Cruise isn't getting out of bed if he's not the main yeah, character. That's so true. Yeah. Uh, all right. Five fun facts. Number one, Tom Cruise stopped to help a hit and run victim and paid her hospital bills. The victim was an aspiring Brazilian actress. Her name was Haloisia Vinaz. And this happened in 1996. Why uh, did she never made it, though, huh? I guess not. He probably said, hey, join my church. And she was like, no, a little too weird for me, man. That's a good segue. Number two, caused a stir in the medical community when he claimed in an interview that Scientology cured him of dyslexia, which is complete and total bullshit. Hey, man, I've never done the 12 steps or whatever. Uh, That's that's AA. That's not Scientology. Yeah, Same difference. Right. Yeah. yeah. More or less. Yeah. Uh, number three, at age 14, he enrolled in a uh, in a seminary to become a priest, dropped out after one year. I feel like I knew that. Yeah, I, feel, yeah, I didn't. I was uh, that might, that was news to me. That might have been something my dad told me back in the day. Yeah, I was going to be a priest. That nugget sounds familiar. It was rattling around the old brain up there. Number four, the first actor to have this, the distinction of starring in both the year's Oscar winner for Best Picture and also starring in the year's Razzie winner for Worst Picture. The Best Picture being Rain Man, the worst being Cocktail. All right. Well, go listen to the Cocktail episode, cowards. <laughs> yeah, you cowards. Yeah. That's, uh, we, we've got we got to keep doing that. That's a good bit. <laughs> uh, number five, Emilio Estevez served as best man at his first wedding to Mimi Rogers. All right. That's that's uh, Charlie's brother. Yeah, yeah. And Martin's son. Correct. Yeah. He's the only one that kept the original name of Estevez. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I guess he showed, you know, you don't need to change your last name to Sheen. Maybe changing uh, well. Charlie... Changing the sheen is when he started taking tiger blood and shit. Mm, I mean, Martin technically did it. Yeah, well, I don't know. All right. Mm, <laughs> Duggery Scott. Duggery. Duggery. Before this known for Ever After, that uh, 
Drew Barrymore Cinderella story. Oh fuck yeah! Yep, yep. I don't think I ever saw that, but I remember like the VHS. Yeah, oh yeah, it was big. It was a big movie back in the day. I, Just breathe. I remember that fucking line from the trailer. I I have a lot of girl cousins, and I remember them watching that, but I don't think I ever really watch it. Shout out Lori Ray. Um, also known for Deep Impact, and then after this, known for Desperate Housewives, Hitman, Death Race, Inferno, Doctor Who, and Taken Three. All right. All right, Duggery. I feel like he's usually a bad guy. I think he's a bad guy in Hitman. Uh, no, he's not. He's not? No, he's. I remember this. He's actually kind of a good guy. And then I think Taken 3, I don't remember his I never saw there. Taken 3. Maybe I just always think back to this when I see him. Yeah, he's I'm a like, bad guy here yeah. for sure. He plays a good bad guy, I think. He does. Yeah. He does. Uh, all right, net worths. Two chains. Com trues. <laughs> That really fucked with me. I didn't know what you were saying there. Tom uh, Cruise. Tom uh, Krasinski. We'll call him TC, because that's what Kanye did. So if it's good enough for Kanye, it's that good enough That means Tom Cruise. Thank you, Kanye. <laughs> yeah, whatever she... All right. Anyway, uh, he's got to be worth some fazools. Of course, I don't remember from previous podcasts. A lot of fazools. I listened to Space Jam on the way down here. Yeah. That episode. Oh, yeah. Should have listened to fucking Cocktail, because I'm sure I would have found out and then would have... Uh, right? That's on you. That's on me. That's on you. Uh, yeah, and that's on you, you cowards, for I'm not <laughs> listening to those episodes either. <laughs> I'm not sure it hasn't increased since the last time we've done the podcast with it's him. because we have some cowardly fans. Like, I love you, but go listen to the previous episodes. You cowards. No, I'm saying Tom Cruise's net worth is likely increased oh, okay. since the last time we did it anyway. Maybe Edit that not. part out about the cowardly fans then. I'd say cowards with love. It's all love. I'm going to guess. No, they're cowards. $250 million. It's a guess. It's not correct. No. It's $600 million. Jeez. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I got to join Scientology. That's why if you, I, don't, I haven't done the math. I should have. If you divide $600 million by 51, which is the amount of credits he has, you could understand roughly what he makes per movie. But it, doing the math in my head, it's like $30 million a movie. Well, he's got to be making bank on these movies now. The Mission yeah. Impossible, Impossible franchise is one of few. That Highly I just, lucrative. I feel like each movie... Kind of with the exception of this one, it has gotten better than How the dare previous you? one. You bitch. How dare you? This one, just, we'll get into it. It's just so much different than the first one. But I fucking love this series, and they're still making them. And they got seven and eight coming out. Yeah. They're filming them back to back. Six was amazing. Like it was four, It was insane. Forged started the new change, kind of like now we're making it a franchise type thing. We're yep. going to have one coherent vision. The action sequences are incredible. Yeah, and then five and six are pretty much like sequels to each other or whatever, like yep. companion movies. Direct sequels. And they're yeah. so fucking good, dude. Yep. Anyway, uh, yeah, so... J.J. Abrams directed one of them. was very good. Tom Cruise, while I understand everyone hates him, I really don't like him on a personal level. I don't he's know... He's a goddamn good actor. People hate him. I think he's kind of like... He's just this... And he's just a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people are like, I don't actively hate Tom Cruise. I think he's an odd guy. Yeah. Um, well, you don't really hear from him as much in the public. He's ever an enigma. Since. He's yeah. an enigma. He was all in the media when he was dating. Katie uh, Holmes. Well, and who, who, who what was the divorce? Fuck. Katie Holmes. No, but he oh, was Nicole married. Kidman. Yeah. yeah. Nicole Kidman yeah, first Kidman and first. then that. He's on Opus couch. You're dancing on the couch for yeah. Katie Holmes. That was weird. But he really just kind of puts his head down and does all his own stunts now. I watched Jack Reacher last week, yep. oddly enough. Good fucking movie. He makes good movies. Never seen the sequel, but I like the first one. There's no doubt he makes good movies. That's yeah. why he's worth $600 million. All right, let's do Specs and Deets. Wait, oh, we got Doug Ray Scott? Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, Doug Ray Scott. Uh, $10 million. Five. All right. That's fine. Moving on. 
Uh, <laughs> I have nothing else to say about that. Dougree missed out on a huge opportunity, though. So he was originally, uh, when during filming this movie, he was slated to star as Wolverine. Oh. Before Hugh Jackman was hired, and he suffered an accident with uh, on a motorbike during one of the motorbike scenes and was injured. From this movie? Yep. And, oh, shit. And could not do... He had to drop out of Wolverine, and that's when Hugh Jackman was hired. Who knows what may have come of Duggery Scott? Who knows what would have come of Hugh Jackman if he doesn't get that role either? Oh, Hugh's still going to break out somewhere. I mean, I just think everything that he was in, it would have been Doug Ray Scott. He would have been E. P. F. E. T. Barnum or whatever. But his name's not Doug Ray Scott. It's Duggery Scott. <laughs> I know, but it's spelled Doug Ray, so I just like calling him that. <laughs> it is no, it's spelled Doug Ray. Oh, okay. D o u g g a r y. Well, see, I need to join Scientology. Fix my dis- dyslexia. Doug Ray Scott. Doug Ray. <laughs> Makes him sound like he lives in a trailer in Alabama. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my cousin Doug Ray, he's over here. No, uh, 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 there's a... Um... Why do you keep calling him Doug Ray? <laughs> His name is Duggery. Oh, God. Uh, Duggery is just as funny. Well, my cousin was, was in town. He's from the South, and he has a, a friend called Jim Dan. Jim Dan, yes, yes. Doug Ray, yeah, it's same Dan. thing. Duggery sounds like like a British slang. Oh, I got into a bit of Duggery last got night. Into some Duggery, <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. I guess it would have a different meaning though. Got some real Duggery. Oh, you guys are moving along fast then, eh? Oh, the best kinds of Duggery. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Okay, moving on. Specs indeed. Yes, indeed. Runtime: two hours and three minutes. Uh, uh, Twenty podcast, minutes. We're in slow motion. Yeah, this podcast might go over that at this point. Uh, I think we're doing okay. Ah, it's fine. I'm having fun. Yeah, 37 minutes. It'll go over. All right. Uh, budget, $125 million. Open at $57 million. Grossed $215 million domestically. $546 million globally. This movie made money. Yeah. They all made money. Yeah. And There's a reason they're making seven and eight right now. Yes, there is. And even though this one is critically the, uh, the least successful of any Mission Impossible movie. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not even close. Ah, that makes sense, I guess. All right, plot keywords. Yes, indeed, words. Number one, finger cut off. Number two, slit skirt. Ooh. Number three, bathtub. Yep. Number four, time bomb. And number five, double agent. That bathtub scene. Oh, dude. I, My it's, God. I, it's still, it's one of the sexiest scenes in cinematic history. I, I'm just going to give this note here. Did you ever hear about the, uh, fuck, what's her name? It's some, like, YouTube e-girl but she was like selling her bath water and shit like that. Uh, I've heard of that. Yeah, uh, not chicks are doing that. Chicks yeah, are selling their selling panties, underwear, uh, yeah. bath water, sweaty shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tandy Newton, she could start a line where she did that and called him Tandy's candies. You know? Okay. All right. Or, or she could just open a candy store. I guess. Tandy, Normal. Yeah. No, I candy. feel like the either either one would be successful. Yeah. One would be a little less salacious. It's a good business name, is all I'm getting. No, it is. It's a yeah, great business Tandy's name. candies. Tandy's candies. And John Woo definitely noticed. Tandy's dandies, we'll say, because half of that bathtub scene is just sh- looking straight down her dress. Yep. Like, half of my screen was covered with just but boobs. goddamn, dude, she, like, looked, right. she wore that dress better than... Oh, my God. It, I mean, it's, it's... And she's aged like a fine wine. Yes, she is. I say in my notes later, she's flawless in every sense of the word in this film. Yeah. Great performance. She literally looks flawless. She, I love Tandy Newton. She's the best. Yeah, she does a great job in this. She does great in Westworld, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And she's, she could still be selling Tandy's candies. Dude, you know what? We'll reach out to her agent, Keenan, yeah. and we'll talk, we'll talk Tandy's candies. I wonder if anybody has ever said that to her. 
I'm, I'm surely not gonna say at least nah, one person nah. but you know a great idea but probably you weren't the first one to come up with it. You don't think I've heard Tandy's fucking candies. I'd be so afraid, like, I'd meet her. Hey, I got this idea for Tandy's candies. Listen candy. here, you daft cunt. <laughs> I hit it three times a week. <laughs> that was a really bad... Uh, that was... That's your Tandy Newton? Very cockney. Yeah, you daft cunt. You daft cunt. I hit it three times a week. I, I sound like the... Uh, the I sound like Helena Bonham Carter from uh, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. All right. Now it's time for taglines. There was only one. It's pretty boring. Expect the impossible again. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty stupid. I guess this is the second one, so they yeah. could get away with it at that point. Yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the tagline should have been fucking John Vo or not John Voight. Uh, yeah, that's the first one. Anthony Hopkins' line about if it was easy, it'd be called Mission Dangerous. No, Mission uh, Mission Difficult. This is Mission, mission Impossible. Yeah. Yes. That that was yeah. Been, that's a great tagline. Just go with that. Instead of expect the impossible again, go fuck yourself. Yeah, because nothing really was that impossible about this movie. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, it does feel like an impossible situation at some time. Some of those you know? motorcycle stunts are pretty impossible. And, and like trying to get back with your ex, that's impossible too. That's, that's not impossible. That actually happens quite a bit. It yeah. never. It's never a good idea. I would yeah, say. it working out is mission impossible. Yes, that, probably. That, that I agree with. Yeah, that I agree with. All right, now it is time for the canopsis. Or the IMDb anopsis. Yeah, so I I do want to get back to writing the canopsis again because I do enjoy doing it. But I had such a fun time last week with the random one that we read from IMDb. It was good. And then this movie, I, I know I saw it a thousand times, like I said, as a kid. So I would probably get a little long in the tooth. Okay, it, fair. You know, okay. As I'm no, one yeah. to do. Long-winded. When sure. I like the movie. So let's just go here. Let's see. Synopsis. Don't, See, for, don't forget fucking, to credit the writer. Jesus. Well, the writer's probably not Jesus. No, it's not Jesus, but this one's super gosh darn long. So it, what we're going to do instead is we're going to just wing it off the top of the head. Yeah, let's fucking rage. Let's go. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Do you want me to do that in the background? Yeah, hey. you can do it. <clears throat> dun, 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 Tom Cruise returned as Ethan Hunt. And this time, the impossible happens again. Tom falls in love with Tandy's candies, Newton. And sends her back to get with her ex-boyfriend, super terrorist Sean Ambrose, who just stole the deadly virus Chimera and has a plan to release it to the world unless he's paid $37 million. Can Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt Uncover the plot, I guess. <laughs> Unco unravel the plan and save the day in Mission Impossible 2. I like it. All right, the music did help. I appreciate that. Uh, help keep the rhythm. But yeah, uh, this it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. All right, now it's time for the Real Buzz Rundown, where we go back and forth, talk about what we liked and disliked about the film, anything and everything. Keenan, would you like to start or would you like me to start? Uh, well, I have to get my notes pulled up here, so if you want to start. Sure. So the first thing I noticed was it's amazing to me how much... Uh, so in the uh, one of the first scenes where the uh, doctor guy is getting on the airplane with a, what he thinks is Dimitri, Ethan Hunt. Dimitri. Dimitri. But uh, it's weird to me. I've always... And I get from a function perspective why they do this. Planes are always portrayed as so much larger than they actually are in real life. <laughs> yeah. Like this guy's standing up and he's got three feet of room in the ceiling. Like, what are you talking about? That's not a plane. That's 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 a flying house. Like there's just no way. Whenever Tom Cruise like 
gets up to, I'll go check it out. It's like he's just in a big-ass fucking lobby of yes! a hotel, pretty much. It looks enormous. Yeah. Like, the, uh, dude, that's just not the reality of flight. I, I'm trying to, you know, if I have a carry-on, I have to stow it under my seat. I'm trying to just not touch the person next to me and crouch in. Like it's, I mean, Again, maybe they were flying first class, but even in first class, I don't think you had that much space. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe some of those uh, Lufthansa planes. Lufthansa. Those get pretty fucking big. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I have questions about the chimera virus. Uh, first and foremost, how is this virus transmitted? Is it sexually? Well, okay, that's Ogbar, maybe. No, it's <laughs> I don't a, know. it's it's just weird to me that like yeah, he's got to inject himself and make himself a petri dish. It's the only way he can transport it with. And it's like okay, fine, but also it's saying when they're letting Naya out at the end of the movie, like they're wanting her to spread the virus so they can provide the antidote, and make yeah, a bunch of money. They say to release her in the middle of the city. Yes. Yeah. So uh, hear me out. It seems highly irresponsible for this doctor to inject himself with this really highly contagious virus, then fly internationally to oh, yeah. Atlanta to, I don't know what he was going to do in Atlanta. He's like, we're going to go to Atlanta. So it seems like it has a time delay where it doesn't uh, impact you and maybe oh. you're not contagious. For 20 hours because okay. he keeps saying it's important we get there within 20 hours because otherwise, yeah, he just kills everyone on that plane regardless well, thought, if they fly or, or crash into the mountain or not. I thought it was important for 20 hours because that's when it becomes fatal for him, but maybe both. Just Yeah, I I guess filling in the blanks, let's just go with it. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, it's it's I'm, I'm fine with that answer. That that that. Uh, and this is definitely the first time I've seen this movie in a post-COVID world. I guess we're still in the definitely COVID Definitely got COVID world, vibes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it kind of changes the way that I look at it because it just makes sense to me now. Uh, you were talking about how she's going to spread it. I just kept thinking about COVID. Like, fuck, if they just go put her in Sydney and she's coughing on people and shit. Duggery Scott is the conspiracy theory that people believe about COVID-19. Some people. Yeah. It was released... Uh, my, my buddy Doug Ray, he had sex with a bat. Yeah, Doug Ray got it, and he says he's got the antidote, but, you know, we just we don't believe in that kind of thing. We're just going to keep spreading it and see what happens. I thought it was weird he was charging newspapers, like, for the antidote. I don't think the newspaper was what was—I think— I think it was just like London Times or something. I think that there was—they took the photo. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I have no yeah. idea. I have no I idea. Um, the free climb scene still stresses me out. Yeah, I, one of my notes was I I forgot that Tom Cruise was the one that popularized the free solo climbing movement. It's a terrible movie. I don't understand what kind of insane person you have to be to do that for fun. You li he literally had a f I don't know above or under fifty percent chance of dying. What do you think? And, I don't know. And knowing that it's Tom Cruise and he does all his own stunts the whole time, I was like, that's probably actually him. But it is him. Yeah, he's, he's definitely doing that fucking climb. He definitely has wires attached to him. Yeah, they're digitally removed. But it's still that'd still be pretty scary. Yeah, it'd be scary as shit. So what happens when he gets to the top of that butte? He listens to you know Anthony Hopkins' message on his sunglasses with headphones. Yeah, and then he's like, how the fuck does he get down? Yeah, well, he was on vacation, man. He was gonna figure it out. I guess, man. I mean, was he gonna? free jump or base jump down i got I, I yeah maybe his backpack had a parachute he didn't have a backpack did he it didn't seem like it i don't know i did i have a note about that delivery system a bit over fucking elaborate isn't it where yeah. they fly the helicopter but i wish yeah. they, they rocket launch yeah. tube. like it, 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 i wish it, that would have caught it on it is a bit over elaborate isn't it <laughs> yeah. yeah i wish that would have caught on for amazon delivery though i'd be ordering <laughs> shit left and right if it was like man a couple dudes in suits were going to show up in a helicopter and just launch a fucking missile at my house but don't worry it's just the new sunglasses you ordered why don't they just 
pick him up in the helicopter. Yeah, that's, I just see, don't get and it. And I think it's funny. The guy We solved a bunch of problems. The guy that's holding the little fucking mini bazooka, it like points at Tom Cruise before he shoots it. It's like and no, you. Like who else is fucking out here? Yeah, at no point Tom Cruise <laughs> thinks he's like, oh no, this is definitely just a message from IMF. Like yeah. I would have been like, what the fuck are you shooting at me? Yeah. Are you trying to kill me? It's it's for the audience to think, oh no, he's in danger out here remotely. And oh, it just turns out it's the IMF. But still it is a bit over elaborate, isn't it? It is a bit over elaborate. Take him to hideout. Take him to hideout where? Take him to hideout in fucking Fruge. You can hide out in Croydon. Oi, or Coventry. Coventry. Um, are you talking about Tanya Newton being flawless? Tandy's candies. Tandy's candies. There's no way. So th- I had a couple of issues with the car chase scene between Tandy Newton and Tom Cruise. Oh, just a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> First of all, that Porsche would blow away. Would blow that. Audi out of the water, horsepower-wise. It wouldn't even be a contest. Second of all, I have some problems with the physics in regards to the car crash, where they connect and their two oh, yeah. cars connect. And I, I I think they spin conservatively uh, eight times. In my mind, that eight was... Eight rotations? Yeah. And, and in my mind, that was the first John Woo slow-mo. But actually, you get it a scene before when they see each other at the party and they're dancing and yep. the dresses are spinning in slow-mo. And then the very next scene, you get it again where... It's just slow-mo on Tandy's face just kind of looking at Tom Cruise, and well, he's looking a, at her. Yeah, it's, a dr- it's for dramatic effect. It tries to get, give more heightened emotion to the scene. But then the way it comes out of it is just like pretty much just the car just kind of stops, yeah. and she's like, rah! She <laughs> flies out. And- it's just very anticlimactic into that slow-motion scene. And the music's so epic because yep. it's so fast, but they're moving so slow. The score is very good here. The score gets me going. I talk more about that later in, in a I, different I, action sequence. Uh, but in John Woo's defense, uh, Tom Cruise's hair was perfect for the slow-mo shots. How can you not slow-mo? How could you not slow-mo Tom I'm Cruise glad, with that hair? Because I have the question, how do we feel about Tom Cruise's ha- hair in this movie? I am pro. Yeah, that's really the only one he's got long. He might have long hair in four, longer hair, but uh, they should have you know, kept it. No, I liked it. I, it was it was definitely a style of the 2000s, though. Early 2000s. Yeah, Sean yep. Ambrose has that hair, too. You don't see that hairstyle as much these days. No, it's, again, this is a product of the two, the year 2000. 2000, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, did you watch the Woodstock 99 documentary on HBO? Did not. Worth watching. Uh, okay, I'll give it a shot. It's very fucked up. I didn't realize anything about this. It's fucked up. Oh, it's fucked up. Like, uh, there were a bunch of chicks that were, like, raped at it. Oh, and- Jesus. Uh, the promoters like didn't have enough bathrooms and facilities and stuff. So people I can like see that, yeah. in the drinking water, people were like showering and pissing and stuff. So then people didn't uh, have water. It was just a clusterfuck. And disgusting. they did it on an airfield base in upstate New York, but like in the middle of the summer. So the ground was tarmac and with the heat, it just made it Mel- like, Ooh. yeah, apparently it was just miserable. Dude. I, I got told, watch this documentary about Woodstock 99. I was like, I don't give a shit, but I watched it and it was so worth it. Compelling. And, Corn and Limp Biscuit were like the headliners, but then also like Cheryl Crow was there, like opening for Corn. It was just very weird. Oh my! That's 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 an that's an odd lineup yeah, choice. Uh, I mean, I went to Bonnaroo 2011 or 12, and that was interesting even because the the Porter John situation was not great. There was literally some that but the shit was coming up to the brim of the toilet seat. Jeez. And then uh, my, f- I took a picture of this one. One of my favorite Porter Johns I've ever seen, someone spray painted R. Kelly inside, which I found very funny. Yeah. Because, you know, he, I, th- that's, Allegedly. That's, that's a very funny idea to me to open a Porter John and have R. Kelly be there and be like, 
oh, that's Michael Jackson. <laughs> that's Mike. Yeah. No, or just you know, be like, up and just pee on you. It'd yeah. Be, it's, it's a funny idea. Yeah. But anyway, what I was getting with real quick on the Woodstock '99 thing, that documentary does a good job of like capturing just what the mood was amongst. I don't know pre 9-11 like yep. it exiting the 90s I don't know it's just very interesting and so watching this movie it's like oh you can see just that time period it's just such a product of 2000 so anyway I'll get off my high horse no there's that. a lot of actually you bring up 9-11 there's a lot of uh do the being the 20-year anniversary there's a lot of 9-11 docs out now too one of I've them on watching a, a shit ton on HBO Max by Spike Lee and he had to uh edit out Almost his entire last episode because people are freaking out that he in his last episode of the miniseries he had on um, 9-11 conspiracy theorists who were asking questions about what really happened. Was it the planes? You know, it seems like jet fuel can't melt. All that shit. Yeah. And uh, he got so much backlash that HBO made him edit it out. Damn. Yeah. Which I don't know. I would have been interesting to see. Like, I look, I'm not a 9-11 truther. I'm not. I'm not either. I But I was watching... I got stuck watching one that was on Hulu. Uh, I think it was actually on National Geographic. Yeah, my mom watched that one. She told me to watch that one. It's pretty good. I got stuck watching it. And then I turned on Netflix and they had one. And I started watching that one. But then just the curiosity in me was like, what was the conspiracy? I know the jet fuel, but I wanted, I almost wish there was a conspiracy theorist one. Not saying that I support it, but I'm just intrigued by it. No, it's intriguing. Yeah. People ask you questions is fine. Um, and there's not a good place to just go and get that info. You got to, well, I guess that's the, the conspiracy problem is theorist with thing. But. The, the, I think the reason why people had so much backlash to it is because you saw the damage QAnon did right. to society in general. Yeah. There's like, look, man, we, we just don't want to give these people a platform, even though... I'm very interested to hear what they have to say. Yeah, just conspiracy theories. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. They're, They're interesting. Yeah. All right, back to the uh, task at hand. Oh, I should say, but I, I don't think our government was smart enough to be able to pull off something like that. A false flag. It, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. Uh, I guess Simon Pegg kind of became the replacement for the Billy Bayard character. Absolutely. I 100% see that. And. I love Simon Pegg. He does a great job, so I'm not going to say it's a shame. But this guy didn't do a bad job. Billy Baird should have gotten another movie. Yeah, at least. But that's because I don't think Pegg came in until four. He didn't, and yeah. even in four, no, he does. He comes in in three, but okay. he's just working in the lab, and then he joins the field in four. Right. Okay. okay. I just watched four the other night. It's weird that we chose to do this because I had just watched four. It was free on Hulu. Or it's something. a good one. Four's a good yeah. one. And at the very beginning, uh, Tom Cruise is like, "What are you doing here, Benji?" He's like, "I got promoted." I'm in the field now. Yeah, Simon Pegg's great. Yeah. But the first three of these movies, like the first one is very espionage heavy, not super action. It's more of a spy thriller. Yes, 100%. They It went from being an espionage thriller to an action movie franchise from, it started at two. Yeah, well, two, I guess, and it's just, I, I look at this movie I guess it is a spy movie overall, but I, it's still just I don't makes think me it's think. I mean, it is. It's just an action movie from the early 2000s. Yeah. I think the third one, that was my dad's favorite. Third might be my least favorite. No, okay. I'm gl we, we're on the same page here. Third is my least favorite. I mean, it's good. It's J.J. Abrams, it's too. It's kind J. J. of, yeah, but it, that one. And I don't know if I should, because I like J.J. Abrams. I love J.J. But yeah. it definitely, you can tell that he was trying to revitalize. Mm -hmm. You could tell he was trying to do that. And I'm just glad that I, I I feel like they didn't really find this franchise into the I like the, fourth the first one. three yeah the fourth four, one's where it really took off is where they can make it into this franchise that now I used to say Jason Bourne was like uh, America's James Bond 
But now, and uh, oh, Ethan I think it's Hunt. Ethan Hunt. Yeah. It's a hundred percent Ethan Hunt. Yeah. Uh, He's got the staying power. Yes, Jason Bourne is. I have I have no comparison. Yeah, I know. But it, no, Ethan Hunt's the American James Bond. Hundred percent. Yeah. He's a badass man. Oh yeah, and so uh, let's talk about Hugh for a second. Love Hugh, Richard Hugh. Richard Roxburg, great. Uh, if you lo- if you have Netflix, go watch a series called Rake. It's a comedy series where he plays a barrister, and he's very funny. It's got eight seasons. They're very good. Go watch it. He's fantastic. He's not great in this movie, but he's fantastic in that series. My question: with- I like his accent in this movie. So that's my question. What is his accent? He's he is Australian. He's from Australia. Uh, he has that's not his normal accent. I've seen eight seasons of Rake. His normal accent's very Australian. I think he's trying to do South, South African. African. Okay, yeah. I thought he was trying to do South Africa. I don't know why they asked him to do that. The, the movie takes place in Australia. Just have him use his accent. Yeah. Well, what was weird about that? Um, I believe I break his jaw. I thought so at the very beginning. He's uh, when they're hijacking the plane, and he's like the pilot. That's a horrible accent. That American accent's terrible. Well, I thought it, it was ADR almost. Yeah, because I was bad. like, I don't remember him being ADR in this movie. And then later on, you hear him talking with the brew and all that stuff. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm glad that that wasn't a thing. This whole fucking movie. Freddy's got no choice, sir. I believe I break his jaw. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get your ticket? Place your bets, miss. That's what it was. (laughs) Place your bets, man. Oh, man, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the one thing I so I could do a whole 10 minutes on this. The mask, the whole masking technology thing throughout this film. But it's a thing in the franchise. I know it is. I know it is. (laughs) But in the first one, they make it seem like it's a whole ordeal to make a mask. Right. Now it just seems like you have one in your back pocket. And like are these on demand masks are rapidly made. In situations where did Ethan Hunt predict he would need a Hugh mask? Did he predict that, or did he make it on site? See, that's how I don't know. I, they are just a thing in the franchise at this point, but the third one kind of answers that question for you a little bit. Okay, I don't know how he got that Hugh mask done so fast. Yeah, but in the third one and in subsequent ones, Not they to have the like vocal strip. You have to have a vocal strip. Well, the third one talks about that too. They upload it from a computer to okay. your vocal strip because okay. he's like trying to take Philip Seymour Hoffman's uh, body great, at one point. Great, great villain, by the way, Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman. So they have a portable mask printer that they can use okay. on site, I guess. But, I guess yeah. they got this question after the second one. We're like, we yeah. need to address this in the third so one. So J.J. Abrams yeah. wanting to leave no stone unturned. Oh, you want to know how the mask, how, how did they do it? I'll show you how they fucking did it. I've got, I've got an explanation for every question. Yeah. So shout out to J.J. Abrams for that. I Love J.J. Christopher McQuarrie directs him now, I think. But Yeah, so um, John Woo was the only director not to get a second film. Each uh, each director of Mission Impossible has gotten at least two films. Oh, damn. Yeah. All right, well, John Woo, keep holding out. They're going to make a ninth, probably. Yeah, John, you, you, you're still kicking, man. You yeah. might be able to make the ninth, the tenth. I don't know if he'll get there on time, though. He moves in slow-mo. <laughs> oh! Coming from someone that spends his whole life late. Uh, it's it's strange to me, and we talked about the masks, uh, how Naya wasn't even the least bit suspicious of talking to Ethan Hunt saying, get the fuck out of there, and then talking to Ethan Hunt saying, no, stay. Yeah. Do whatever Sean Ambrose says. It's like, it seems like this isn't Ethan Hunt. So She's I, not even the least bit suspicious? The scene, because I, I that has bothered me in the past, and what I caught more so this time, I guess I had just ignored it, because... I don't know. That scene in the lab, always by the time they get to the lab, 
I'm always kind of losing interest. For no, a little the labs. Bit. That's one of my favorite action sequences. It is, but there's just so much action, and not that I'm losing interest in the action, but I'm like losing the plot because I just stopped paying attention and focusing on the action. So yeah. what I actually got this time was him saying, "I'll come for you. You know, just wait for me. I'm gonna get you the hell out of there. Yep. And if you don't get out yourself, I'm coming for you. So." If she doesn't know about the masks and then she sees them, she's like, all right, you're fine. Because she does say, no, I thought you were fucking here to take me away. Yeah. So I don't know. Because it, it, it literally, his dialogue is what Sean Ambrose would say impersonating exactly. Ethan Hunt. Yeah. Like, it's, you couldn't write a more... Hey, why don't you tell me everything that we've talked about recently? <laughs> hey, do whatever Ambrose says. Yeah. It's imperative you do whatever he says. Like, oh, what? I hear he likes okay. blowjobs. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. <laughs> he likes reach arounds yeah so if he asks for it just give it to him he's afraid to ask you to put the finger in the butt but just do it <laughs> uh <laughs> so moving on before it gets too graphic the biocyte gunfight is one of my all-time favorite action sequences growing up you got ethan hunt wielding the dual berettas like a champ which i love and the portion like right after Naya injects herself with chimera like where the music gets really intense and really emotional all time was like I won't lose you! And, you know, he, like, goes out firing fucking yeah. tube. It's great. I love it. The soundtrack in this movie is Hans very Zimmer. interesting. Hans, yeah. Hans Zimmer. Well, it's all either very epic Hans Zimmer, uh, like, almost gospel-sounding, like, old yeah. medieval church music, or it's like, my grandma said to your grandma, we're gonna set the world out by oh, you. Well, like, when he's climbing at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. but then there's a lot of other little, like, for lack of a better term, like African or like tribal sounding like yeah. drums and people chanting like Paul Simon's Graceland album. Yep. And then the only other thing you get is fucking Limp Biscuit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, no, not true. Not true. You get Metallica at the end. Okay. Metallica wrote a song for this film and it plays in the credits. But Limp Biscuit like did the theme song The I'm pretty sure they did the Mission Impossible theme for this. At least it was on one of their CDs. No, it, I think you're right. Yeah. And Limp Biscuit was hot in 2000, man. It's, you got to watch the Woodstock 99 documentary. I, Fred Durst. Fred Durst is hot now. He's making a comeback. He, yeah, oddly he is. He's making, I haven't, I, I, apparently he's the nicest guy ever. That's what I've heard. But then you watch this Woodstock thing and you're like, well, he definitely was still a douche back then. Yeah. He was definitely That's a 20 douche. years ago, you know? His Instagram account, though, it's I great. think I brought it up at one it's point. It's great. It's just pictures of Woody's, or, no, like station wagons yeah, at one point. At one point. Now it's it's evolved. He now does this, he has this character where he has a wig on, like this crazy silver wig and a mustache, and he performs with it now, too. It's like this new character he's doing. Okay. It's, it's, it, he looks ridiculous, but it's very funny. Yeah, welcome to 2021, where Fred Durst is making a comeback and Joe Biden's president. Yes. Two things we never thought would happen. Yeah. Well, it would have worked better if Trump was... Th anyway, moving eh, on. Well, you can do. Uh, John Woo definitely has a thing with pigeons. Are Doves or pigeons? Doves. They're I doves. Thought, yeah. They're 100% doves, not pigeons. That is so egregious. Yeah. Or just in your face. You remember Face Off. He did the same thing. Oh, yeah. And I remember saying in Face Off... I re there's a bunch of fucking doves in Mission Impossible 2 as well, but yeah, okay, I didn't remember yeah. that he They have a CGI dove. Yeah, he flying. blows open the door and walks <laughs> by and just you he's been in these tunnels for the last five minutes. Haven't seen a dove before that. Yeah. All of a sudden the dove flies in through the smoke and fire as Tom Cruise walks by all badass. And then 
because I wrote the note like, where the fuck did that dove come from? Like, I know it's a John Woo thing. Yeah. But then he's hanging up, like hiding in the ceiling. There's a dove there. Then there's just all there kinds doves of everywhere. Doves. It turns out they were at a dove factory. Like apparently, <laughs> soap. John Woo has some sort of euphemism for doves in all of his films. It's it's like the it's like representing uh, either the Peace. hero or the, or the calm before the storm. Yeah. Like there's always doves right before something's about to pop off. It's like it's when the just the the just hero is about to take his violent action, but it's just because it's because the there's dove. a dove. Yeah. yeah, I mean, nothing more peaceful than a dove. Yeah, I guess not. Brought to you by Dove Soap. Uh, we talked about the mass stuff. Oh, okay. A couple of other things. The launching into each other off aerial motorcycles is both insane, unnecessary, and awesome. Yeah, and impossible. Like there's like physically, there's just no way that would mission happen. impossible. Uh, okay. Well, that whole. So he's wearing the black trench coat, the black leather trench coat t- yeah, thing. Trying too. to look like Hugh. And that, that's another thing. He had Hugh's outfit. How did he get Hugh's outfit? He did. He how did he get Hugh's outfit? Quick. And how do you not notice if you're going to change his outfit that he's got a fucking bandaid on yeah, his pinky? Dude, that's I just okay. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, suspension of disbelief on that one. How did he? Okay, he makes the mask. Where does he get the outfit? I think that happens at IMF. Oh, well, hold on, hold on. No, I think I know. He probably switched outfits because he's wearing, he just put him in whatever Ethan was wearing and he took his outfit. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I freaked out. There's a perfectly well, yeah, at plausible IMF, explanation. Uh, training to join the impos- impossible mission force, which you find out in Mission Impossible 3. That's what IMF stands for, which is pretty funny. Oh, I knew, I knew that before that. Maybe you find it out. IMF. In the first one? I, yeah, I'm pretty sure the I first one. I don't know. One. It's such a funny fucking thing. Impossible mission. Impossible Impossible mission force. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, but when they're going through training, part of that, you know, they've got this shooting and the stealth stuff, but part of it is how fast you can get out of your clothes, put them on someone else, and get into their clothes. Okay. So J.J. Abrams was just solving all of the problems. Not really. They don't really say that, but oh, I'm just, oh, okay. that's, all right. the, I, that's I me can never tell that. when you're fucking with me. <laughs> no, I, I haven't yeah. seen the third one in so long. No, that's a joke. That one was a joke. Oh, that's very funny. All right, now welcome to class here. You're going to have to take your clothes off, put them on that corpse, get his clothes on your body as fast as you can. Yeah, just it, and make a mask and a voice strip while you're at it. Oh my god, it's just it's so implausible, but it but again, I I still love the movie, so I'm not I'm not mad. Yeah. At it. While I do think this is ultimately a, just a corny action flick, I I enjoy it every time. John Woo knows it. how to make a good action film. Yeah. It might not be technically good but from an action sequence perspective and from just entertainment perspective it's gonna be good yeah it's gonna be interesting if you're like super into doves watch a john woo movie you're guaranteed to see one john woo professional filmmaker amateur bird watcher yeah. i like to think at his house he just has a bunch of dove cages he like, definitely loves doves dude. by the doors and he just releases them whenever he <laughs> he have to hire someone to go collect them and put them back in there anytime he comes down <laughs> yeah. to greet his guests they're yeah. just doves flying out yeah oh uh, don't stand there he's gonna release some doves you want to be back here all right do you know oh, what wait, wait, oh no hey, oh, no i'm, I'm sorry i'm so sorry some things, no, you got man. Some things. okay yeah so with the the over the top action though and him being in that long trench coat and shit like that and there's already been a lot of slow motion in this movie. It's a John Woo thing, but I feel like it got extra bullet timey as he's doing flips and shooting and shit like that. And I was like, you can tell that the first one was made before The Matrix, and the second one was made, made after, after The Matrix yeah. came out. Well, The Matrix was a revolutionary action film. It revolutionized right. action films. So, and it came out in '99. This came out in 2000. Yeah. So to say it had influence on this film would be an understatement. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's. They were kind of like, okay, you know, Mission Impossible, it was kind of more drawn out, spy, 
we're just going to take that and turn it into the Matrix without any of the Matrix stuff. Yes. You know. Well, because that bullet time, that they bullet probably time did is, say we're going to turn iconic. it into an action franchise. Yeah. And that's what they did. Um, so, but just that scene, that last scene with the, especially with him having the long black trench coat like Keanu Reeves had, yeah. it just reeked of the Matrix to me. So, no, I, I, it's the Matrix was so successful and from an action perspective, so revolutionary that, yeah, it would be hard to not say it, it, it's influenced movies that are made today. Right. I mean, Carrie Ann Moss even said, like, I didn't think that bullet time thing was going to be a big deal. Yeah. She's like, I, I, I thought I was just another scene in the movie. Turned to, I mean, it's probably the most iconic shot of yeah, the film. That comes out of the Matrix. Yeah, of the yeah. entire franchise. Yeah. Um, but then the last thing that I have before we get to the real Buzz trivia. Um, as I was driving up here, I started doing the Mission Impossible theme to myself in the car. Yeah. And got me thinking that we should rank the action iconic like uh, theme songs or uh, oh, that's scores. interesting. So, like, I like you got that. the James Bond one. You that's know, that's huge. You got Mission Impossible. That's huge. It's Indiana Jones in there. Yep. I'm leaving out like Star Wars and shit like that. No, nah, that's you that's know, not an action movie. Thinking, well, let's keep it action franchise, yeah. not sci-fi. Um, Indiana Jones definitely works. It's an action. It's yeah. It, it's action. Uh, action adventure. And all three of them get me fucking hyped. They're great. Like, well, let me yeah. Say, I love all three. I've got to put Bond at number one though. Because I will, to this day, just be walking put, around my house. I'm going to put Indiana Jones at number one for me. Will you? It, I will. Yeah. Uh, that That's one that I that really, once I hear it, I'm like, I'm yes, this is Indiana Jones. I love those movies. I'm going to go with Indiana Jones 1, Bond 2, Mission Impossible. Uh, it's it's good. It's definitely third, and it's a distant third for me. Not because it's a bad um a bad theme. It's very good. I've just heard it so much. Yeah. And in pop culture, it's been applied to so many different things and it's been redone and parodied. I just, it's third for me. Okay. I'm going to go bond one. And then that's mostly just because I fucking love James Bond. And like I said, I will still just be walking around my house going, I mean, it's just so easy to do that. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's, it's so good. Completely iconic. Uh, this would have to be number two for me though. Because kind of what you, the opposite of what you're saying for this song, the, the Mission Impossible theme does get me hyped. The Indiana Jones one, I love, but it's more of a, uh, this makes me want to go for a nice adventure or something, you know? So I guess this it, one, it this depends is on how the you're rating like, them. If it, the Indiana Jones doesn't get me hyped, but it makes me feel the most like, ex, I guess excited. Yeah. yeah. Excited. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm sticking with it. Indiana Jones. I love uh, it. And, That's my number one. Back in the days where you could get the digital ringtones on your flip phones. I remember that. I paid for all three of those different themes. So, I mean, I love all three of those theme songs. Dude, I I'm pretty to, sure Hans Zimmer does them all, too. So, what a treasure. Well, probably not Indiana Jones or James Bond. I think, well, no, he doesn't do James Bond. Uh, definitely. Never mind. I don't think Indiana Jones, either. Ah, whatever. Well, <laughs> no, back when you used to pay for those ringtones, I, I, god damn it. I, here's the thing. I was um, unemployed a, for a year uh, after I graduated college. And I decided to watch the entire series of 24, not because I enjoyed it or liked it. I just had nothing else to do. Yeah. And so I downloaded a ringtone that is the CTE uh, phone. Like, I don't know if you've seen. I've never 24. seen 24. All right. Well, you won't enjoy this then. But it was uh, like in a very distinct ringtone. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Make that my ringtone. And I had it for like five years. I feel like based on you doing the dun 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 dun, I feel like I know what sound you're talking about. Yeah. It's it's just the counterterrorism units. That Jack Bauer works at instead okay. of ringtone. Anyways, right, I digress. I digress. 
Uh, but that's all I had. All right. Now, yeah. do you know what time it is? Get up. It's time for Tipsy Trivia. Farts. Pretty good. This is the portion of the podcast where we have five trivia-based questions from the film. If Keenan gets three of the five correct and I don't, I have to shotgun and he doesn't. If he gets less than three correct, he has to shotgun and I don't. But inevitably, we will all end up shotgunning because it's that kind of a show. Number one. Miller Irons. Over under three hours. How long was John Woo's original cut of this film? Oh, over. Three and a half hours. Yeah. I, I just, he wanted more slow-mo. I'm sure he wanted yep. to slow down the slow-mo by 30 seconds and... Paramount mandated that he that the movie could only be two hours, no longer than two hours, which is why there are so many plot holes and continuity errors in the film. I do feel like, yeah, that's probably how Tom Cruise got the face mask of Hugh mm-hmm. in the three and a half hour cut. You see that. You see exactly what happened. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Then, yeah okay. I wish that this was had come out at a time where they would let him release like the director's cut to DVD. The Snyder cut. Because I would absolutely watch that. I'd watch the Wu cut. I got to say, the movie Kingdom of Heaven, I think It's that so long. The theatrical movie's a piece of shit, but if you watch the director's cut, which does add like an hour and a half, but it actually makes the movie make sense. Just make two movies. Well, that's fine. I mean, it's just... <sighs> I don't know, but I that's Kingdom of Heaven's like an example of a movie that I did not like, but then I watched the longer director's cut. And I thought it was much better. I guess Justice League. Justice like League that is too, on that but, for yeah. me, for sure. The Snyder Cut does make the movie conservatively 40% better. Yeah. Movie Troy, director's cut, just oh, longer. Just, just longer. longer. Not, <laughs> yeah. not better, yeah. just longer. Troy was fine with the theatrical yeah. cut. It was just fine. It's still a good movie. Yeah. Troy's a good movie. It just makes it longer. All right, number two. Number five. True or false? The film initially... Initially? Initially. <laughs> initially. It initialed on the wall. True or false? The film initially had an R rating. Ooh. Uh, true? It's true. All right. Paramount also mandated that action scenes and violence be cut to make this a PG-13 movie, which I can't imagine John Woo was surprised by. I think in the year 2000, that makes sense. You can't make a rated R Mission Impossible. You, you might be able to get away with that today. Yeah, well, I don't think you could. Now it's been established as PG-13, family yeah. error friendly. I guess it was the second one. I would have loved to have seen a rated R version of this, though. Yeah, it would, too. Tandy's Candies, I'm sure, would have yeah, made Yeah, Tandy's Candies, absolutely. Yeah. All right, number three. Number dry. Oh, shit. All right, well, you get this one. Which All actor? Right. Which actor from this film was originally cast to play Wolverine but was replaced by Hugh Jackman due to a motorcycle injury from this film? Dougree. Doug Ray Scott. Doug Ray Scott. Three first names. Yeah, you got Jim Dan, Dan, Jim Dan and Doug Ray. Yeah, Billy Bob. All right, number four. Number uh, fear. True or false? This was the highest grossing movie of the year 2000. True. Is true. All right. Oh, are we going to do a clean I sweep? I think I'm four for four. Yeah, you're going to get a clean sweep. All right, number five. I've seen this movie so many times, and I did a watch along when Kind of Funny did a uh, in review of Mission Impossible like three years ago. Yeah. So this might all be trivia that I just remember from back, back Oh, it's in possible. But uh, I don't know. Over, Let's see. Number five, over under 80 million, how much money did Tom Cruise earn from this film? I don't remember that. Uh, over under 80? Mm-hmm. Over. Under $75 million, uh, with his percentage deal on profits, royalties, and merchandise, it is said that Tom Cruise was paid the unprecedented sum of $75 million for his work on this movie. Jeez, man. Yeah. He was like, no, no, no. I don't want a salary. I'll take points on the back end. Dang. And 
he was right. That's was, smart to do it. No, no, he was. That, that's it's a gamble, I guess. But after the first one did so well, it wasn't really that. I don't much think it was that much of a gamble. Yeah, uh, even if this one was bad, it was still going to make money. And at that point, Tom Cruise was still fucking huge. Like anything, Tom Cruise. He did, still like, is huge. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I've been waiting. T- the fucking new Top Gun movie's been done for two years, and it got delayed again. Oh really? Not being released until March of 2022. Damn. It was supposed to be November. I'm surprised they haven't delayed James Bond yet. Well, it's supposed to come out October, so I think it's a little. I think it's going to happen, but we'll see. Yeah, know, we'll see. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, not I'm going to be there. I'm ready to be mad. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to come out in like May of two 20. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, fuck me. All right, now it's time for drinking buddies. Drinking this friends is the portion of the podcast where we choose a character, not an actor, but a character from this film. We would get irresponsibly drunk, shit faced, fucked up, shy vote, if you will, and I will with Keenan, who is your drinking buddy. I'm going to drink with the guy that owns the villa that they hang out with at the beginning. He's throwing that party. They're robbing his security system. Yeah, in Seville, Spain. Yeah, because other than that. He's a civilian? <laughs> exactly. He's the civilian in the movie. Yes. I see what you were doing there. I yeah, you know. didn't realize that until I said exactly. But yes, he is. But, you know, he's not going to take me on some spy thrill. I just want to get drunk and hang out. He's got a lot of women hanging out there. He's got a lot of fun dancers there yeah. doing some cool civilian shit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to drink with that guy. I'm drinking with Billy Baird. Oh, good choice. Billy Baird seems like he'd be Australian people in general seem so fun to me. Yeah. In general, I just I would live I've never been to Australia. I can tell you a hundred percent I would live there with never going. Yeah. I would like to go there. They it just from the Australians that I've seen on TV. Yeah. They, they seem great. They seem to have a real joie de vie or something like that. Joie de what? Joie what'd you call me? Hey man, speak American. Don't call me a sardine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Was that German? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now it's time for Rotten Tomatoes over under. I will set the critics at a fifty-five percent. Oh, uh, over fifty-seven percent. All right. I will set the audience at a forty-five percent. Over under forty-two percent. Oh. IMDb was. Shit, I don't know. Uh, six point seven. Six point one. All right. My real buzz rating of this film is. Four out of five beers. Four out of five. I love this movie. Jeez. I felt bad giving it a three out of five, but I'm going to give it a solid three. That's fair. I, I really like it. The only reason I'm giving it a three is because I think that I would give all the others like at least a three and a half or four. Well, and you got to think it. Think about it like this. The franchise wouldn't be where it is today without Mission Impossible 2. It's true. You know, they saw they saw what worked and what didn't, and then they you know, made adjustments. And now the film, the the franchise is what it is today. Yeah, and I can't fucking wait for Mission Impossible Seven. It's gonna be good. Like that's the movie after James Bond releases that I will be most anticipating. Uh, I had a dream the other night. This is true. I had a dream that <laughs> I got special tickets to a screening of three back-to-back movies. The first one was the new James Bond film. Oh, the next one was the the next Top Gun film. And then it was Mission Impossible 7. Oh, my God. And it was, it was like, hey, it's one night only. You got to watch him back to back to back. And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. That's it's like eight Did hours. Did you wake life. up like with a boner? Um, well, that's a good dream. Yeah, no, it was great. That sounds sexual. I was to me. I was really upset when I realized it was a dream. I'm like, yeah. Damn it. Fuck. Where are my tickets to those movies? Oh, my God. I mean, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. All right. Well, that does it for episode 95 of Real Buzz Takes. 95. We, we are the Real Buzz 2. 
Keenan, take us out. For the podcast you just listened to, I am sorry and you are sorry. We are the Real Buzz Crew, and we review the best of the worst for you. Concludes our broadcast day. That was a line from the movie. Oh, thank you.